it's that time of the week, and it's hey, happy birthday, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We made a Go year. On. So welcome to our super awesome exclusive COVID-19 birthday episode. <laughs> Where everybody's gift is not getting COVID because we're socially distanced. We're socially distancing from one another, but we are still here to make sure that we talk about some stuff with you guys. Because that's what we you do when you have nothing else to do, right? Yeah, you watch things, you eat things, and you talk about things. And you drink things, many, many things. A lot of things, because it's <laughs> all you can do. Because it's all you can do. Right. You know, and I thought I'd start this one-year thing off talking about something that I don't get to talk about a whole lot that we finally started talking about a bit, and then, you know, COVID happened, and Vince McMahon's a grunty, hungry bastard and decided to get rid of it. So I have found a way to bring football talk back to our lovely Let's Talk. Because some very important sports ball thing happened with the world of football recently, correct? Yes, thank you, NFL, for making yourself technologically relevant for once. And here we are getting to talk about your NFL draft that was done in an online virtual space on our Let's Talk of online technology and technology bullshits. Good on though. It took them how long? <laughs> you know, but you gotta understand, draft night for a lot of these kids is like probably gonna be the, some of them is the biggest night of their lives they go on stage get drafted by a team get all these pictures taken and then they end up like trent richardson shot fired bam, bam, bam. <laughs> you know not everybody ends up like a peyton manning or is a late pick like tom brady a lot of draft prospects don't stay in the league long they know that everyone knows that not everybody stays there's only so many roster spots right so, so a lot of those kids lost that big night because it was virtual. They didn't get their face in front of the cameras so as much as they probably would have. I mean, they still had cameras set up in the top higher rated prospects rooms as they were getting drafted, etc. You get to see Joe Burrow take the call from the Bengals to draft him and ruin his life. Ouch. But where's the lie, though? <laughs> Got to see the Packers take a quarterback and tell Aaron Rodgers the end is nigh. I, I love, okay, so I will say as a Bears fan, even I knew that <laughs> Packers didn't need a quarterback. They needed, they needed a wide receiver. <laughs> you know, they have not it. drafted an offensive player to help Aaron Rodgers in the first round of his entire career. Oh, yeah. As a Bears fan, it makes me happy because it just means that, like, the Wisconsin is still really strong in them. So you kind of, you, you're able to maybe have a chance against them every single year, you know, as a but Bears fan. But you still won more Super Bowls in your lifetime than the Bears have. I know. I know. You don't have to remind me. Life's been hard as a Bears fan, especially, you know, in my sports memory because I, I got... The last time the Bears, I think, were really relevant in NFL talk when it came to a lot is when Erlacher played and they were in the Super Bowl against Peyton Manning. Yep. And they lost to Peyton Manning. Because it's Peyton Manning. <laughs> no, the Saints beat him. I know. Um, but older Peyton Manning. 
Well, no, the Saints <laughs> beat him like two years later. That's true. So, no, I mean, Erlacher was great. I actually got to meet Erlacher because, you know, that's where I'm from, old stomping grounds. And he regularly frequented a arcade that I worked at. So he would come and him and I would shoot the shit all the time. And he made me feel like an infant because that man is massive, but he is sweet as pie. And like anytime he would show up at the arcade, like he would buy everyone um, like credits on their game. So that way they could keep playing. He's, you know, gave all his tickets away. He just wanted to have fun. He's such a good guy. Um, but I'm forever salty because I also know that Erlacher is the reason why um, Jay Cutler stayed as long as he did. Because Jay Cutler was going to retire um, because, you know, nobody fucking likes him. <laughs> and, he, and Erlacher convinced him to stay for a couple more seasons. and. It basically just totally tanked the Bears with whatever chance they may have had. At the time. I say that, so, but they I'm were better salty. with. I mean, they were better with Cutler than they are now. But there are prospects for a quarterback for the Bears at the time while Cutler was still playing than when we had Cutler. And I just, I mean, now it's like, okay, really, what do we have that like isn't already taken or isn't going to cost us a, bil- a billion dollars that the city just can't afford? I mean, they'd find a way, I'm sure, but. Uh, realistically they can't afford and they also don't know how to make good coach uh coaching decisions you know so it's it is what it is chicago sports in a nutshell it took 108 years for the cubs to win another world series the only the only true team that we got i mean like we have the bulls but that was like 97 bulls and we're getting further and further away from 97 as i minded but i still got my blackhawks they're going on like five years now but i have them Oh, but yeah, since then, the Bears, I also went off about how they don't know how to uh, actually manage their coaching staff because, you know, that's just, that's the Bears, but that's Chicago sports in a nutshell because it only took the Cubs 108 years to win another (laughs) World War Series. That's not the coaching staff's fault. That's the Cubs' own fault because the Cubs had the curse because they kicked the woman out with the billy goat. I ain't afraid of no goat no more. That's for damn Skippy. Yeah, if I can see uh, another one in my lifetime, I'll be happy. That's that's the minimum. That that is like my my. As long as I'm not dead before the next one, I will consider my baseball team's choice well met. It seems like <laughs> Chicago maybe gets one a cup every couple of decades. So think about it this way. So since about the '80s, you had the Bears went won the Super Bowl in the '80s, right? Mm-hmm. Then you had those great '90s Bulls teams. Yeah. Then you had the 10-year gap where all of the teams were about mediocre from about the time Jordan no, left. Because you still had the Blackhawks. No one okay, thinks about sure. So you had the Blackhawks Black really carried Chicago sports. In those in that while. 10-year interim. And then the Cubs came and won the World Series, and now they're back to nothing. Right. Well, the Blackhawks also has more uh more Stanley Cups. So they they have a legacy within like this past decade. Yes, but when people all right, so unfortunately though when most people talk about professional sports in America, they don't include the the hockey for most okay, but, sports fans. Okay, I don't care because it's my favorite. So we're talking about it on our let's talk. There will be hockey. If we're talking about sports, there will be hockey. Because it is the one I give a fuck about. <laughs> if it can be relevant to are they doing an online virtual hockey league? No, we're just getting a lot of, like, recasts of games. Oh, man. Did you know that the MLB and the NBA are doing players' leagues of the video games on their franchises? Oh, you mean, like, NASCAR, too? (laughs) Exactly. So, sports are trying to keep themselves relevant in a technological age, in a way. 
Hockey needs to get on that. If they want to be talked, if we want the NHL to join the world's worst let's talk, then we need them to get with the trends and do what the MLB and the NBA and the NASCAR is doing. <laughs> the NASCAR. I don't know if hockey could have. Uh, hockey is one of those. It's. Unless you they're playing NHL 20. Like, they you know, would be. But they would be because that's what they're doing. MLB's putting on the MLB The Show Players League where they're playing the show 2020. NBA's doing the 2K Players Tournament where it's NBA 2K. Okay. So. Hockey could do NHL 2K20 or NHL, whatever the franchise name is. I don't fucking know because I don't pay attention because it's the NHL and I'm not a fan. But they could do that. I mean, there's Twitch streamers who are getting thousands of viewers watching them play these NHL games because people have a legit interest in hockey. Or people are just really desperate without sports. Well, guess what? (laughs) Why can't the NHL capitalize that and make something called money off of it? The NHL is still making money. I mean, so are MLB, NBA, NFL, and all of them without their leagues in the season, but they're doing things to bring in more revenue and give the fans something to watch. I mean, the NFL just did the draft online when they could have canceled it and held it behind closed doors. They did it online for the fans to still be able to see it to bring, one, money, but two, people needed that distraction. ESPN's carrying esport leagues like League of like League of Legends and the Overwatch League and Call of Duty League championships in the void to help fill those live sports. Uh, ESPN2 is actually going to be airing the MLB 2020 Players Tournament. I argue the NHL needs to do something like that then. If they want to capitalize on this and get themselves mentioned here on our Let's Talk, they need to do it. Okay, fine. Let me, let me go talk to the head of the NHL and be like, hey, we need to talk about you on our Let's Talk. So you need to start doing tournaments with your players playing NHL 2K. Bet the players would enjoy it. Get on that, Gary Bettman. I honestly... No, I don't. There's not too many like hockey players that are known for playing video games. If I'm being completely honest, there with you. weren't many baseball players known for it until they got onto the teams and did bowls. <laughs> until they started playing, until they until they started getting paid to play video games. Well, Lance McCullers has been playing other games, but they got him to play for the Astros. But there's players in there that you weren't that I didn't expect. Like Aaron Sanchez was not one I expected um, for the 2K Players League. Did you really expect Kevin Durant to be playing in it? No, that's actually. Okay, that one I can understand, I think. But there's certain players, when you look at them, you don't think that, but all of a sudden here they are playing this in the game, and they're getting paid to do it, but they're also doing it for the fans, so the fans can still have the game and listen to them talk. Yeah, I mean, plenty of, like, hockey content. Well, not as much now that it's warming up, unfortunately, but when when it was still pretty brisk up in the Great White North, like, we were still getting hockey content. Like, you know, seeing, like, them run drills on, like, frozen lakes and, you know all of that stuff, and they're doing a lot more community work there. A lot of the hockey players are just outside. <laughs> it's just, so we're, uh, like, I'm watching a lot of them, like, outside doing shit, like, building fences or things of that nature, just because, like, oh, they're doing stuff. But they're all a bunch of rednecks. That's, <laughs> all hockey players are northern rednecks. They like being outside, not too many city slickers. So I'll never understand why it doesn't catch on in the South. It's like the same people, but they're just adapted for the cold. <laughs> I know. Football's just grass hockey, Nancy. No, it's not. <laughs> not even in the slightest. Don't you dare besmirch the great name of hockey by comparing it to football. And I say that as someone that loves football. They're way I'll different. I'll be 100% only- honest. The only reason I think football is as popular as it is in America is because of the fact that it is a very violent sport. And it's, again, why I'm surprised oh, yeah. hockey didn't catch on. But we should probably move on and talk about our actual topics today. Yeah, we kind of got... We got distracted because we're not a sports let's talk. And there's no sports in the world to distract my sports. Yeah. 
But we have other things coming our way later. It's like everything else. We do have sporty talks coming later on, but we'll get there in a minute. But what anniversary show birthday extravaganza wouldn't be complete without us talking about Nintendo Senpai? Yes. So Nintendo Senpai has let us down. It's not their fault they got hacked. Not. But if you had an old Nintendo Network ID account from DS, DSi, Wii U, Wii Days, chances are it just got hacked. Because about 160,000 of you did. Us did. I was one of them. I was I not because was hacked. I was Luckily, not in that older crowd. Luckily, those credit cards that were tied to that account don't work anymore, and it was all password protected and reset up again. There you so, go. Nintendo recommends uh, setting up two-factor authentication. The hack is related more than not likely to what they guess is a Fortnite scandal. People logging in and using people's account information to buy Fortnite stuff. It strikes again as to reasons why I can't fucking stay. Yep. Breaches like, to buy V-Bucks. Man, people, th- these toddlers are getting way too into wanting these V-Bucks. Like, they're, it's not serious. This is not real life. You could be using that money for other things. You could go buy a real act. You could go buy, buy a, a real, real outfit. Game. You could go buy a real game. The possibilities are endless when you have money. And if you use that money online, like, like, I understand, like, making some, like, online purchases. Like, I get why they exist. I do. But just the way that Forkknife handles this entire situation is, like, they don't care. They're like, yeah, just keep spending the money. We don't care how you do it. Like, it, so they're not doing much to well, but stop none the of problem. Them do. None of them care. That's what loot boxes are. It's, hey, we have this awesome thing. Spend money, spend money, spend money, spend money. We don't care how we get it. We just want it. Right. Hey, we want more of your money because we, you know, haven't asked you in the past week. So here's a new color palette skin. Yeah. Hey, we give you this game for free. Give us your money. So either way, I just I been a very good game. It's not. But it's also but it's also not my type of like I don't like those games in general at all. It doesn't matter. Not and I'm not even just talking like battle royale battle royale games. Or things of that vein. Like even even Call of Duty doesn't do it for me. But if I'm if I'm playing Call of Duty, at least like you know I can run around and knife people. I'm that person. I can admit that. I just I don't mean, like first person shooters. I don't like a lot of like those types of games. And then like Fork Knife just took it to the next level by overhyping the battle royale genre. You know, my favorite type of gamer is gamer guy who buys an Xbox One every time, or a new Xbox because it's the quote-unquote superior console for its hairpin triggers because he plays every Call of Duty on it and buys it every year. Right. And that's all he plays and does. It's my favorite gamer Wait. guy. Oh, the best it's usually, guy. It's usually, chatter, it's usually a chatter. Kyle. Kyle. Definitely Kyle. <laughs> Larry. What about, uh, what about Eric? It's like an Eric thing to do. Honestly, it's just like an overhyped gamer bro is I only play sports games in Call of Duty. Oh, and don't forget Forza. You know, I make myself sound elitist saying that. No, don't hey, don't knock Forza. Forza's actually legit. No, Forza's a fun game. I, I love racing games in and of itself. And and I know Forza is definitely up there. You get really pretty cars. <laughs> I mean, but how does this show us as a society that the most popular games in the world are games where you can run around and killing each other? Good job, world. We shows did us it. what we really are. Moving on, let's talk about all of the new releases 
that are coming out and rescheduled because of the corona. Thanks, Rona. Because there's a doozy of them, starting with our favorite whipping child. <laughs> oh, you mean um, this sorry excuse for Batman getting uh, pushed to October 2021? Yeah, hard edge, edge bat. Batman has edge. The gun killed my parents. My ears are too short. My Batmobile looks like shit. I come out in spoopy season. Whoa. Halloween season 2021 is not going to be fun. No, it's not. But it's going to ruin it. It's going to ruin my whole spoop season. I'm not looking forward to this at all. None of it. Like, th I don't think there's a thing that Batman is going to be able to do in this movie that is going to make me like it. I'm going to watch it. Well, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> And there's a lot more being pushed back because I'm definitely probably going to watch that movie. I'm probably not going to pay for it just like you. But, you know, there are some movies that have been pushed back. I definitely will pay for it to go see. Like what? Let's start out talking about the Uncharted movie that's being pushed up from from 10-18-2021 to 7-16-2021. So it's actually being pushed forward. Because they realize we're going to need some movies to watch. And hopefully we can go watch them at a drive-in because drive-in movie theaters are like starting to become more of a good idea during social distancing. So I'm all back. Build more. Watch the movies. So here's the thing. Ready? So Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie, whatever they're going to call it, you know, you Spider-Man, what, Homecoming, Spider-Man, Far From Home, Spider-Man, Still Not Home. No, Spider-Man can't leave the home. <laughs> It's going to be the quarantine Spider-Man movie. Anyway, that's been pushed from 7-16-2021 hmm, to coming out in November of 2021. So I'm actually wanting to see that movie as well, as well as the Spider-Verse sequel coming out now in October of 2022. Yes, uh, I will. I'm here's the thing, though. I am both equally excited and equally nervous for the Into the Spider-Verse sequel because I thought that the movie was so well done and like it it was wrapped up in such a nice neat little bow and in and of itself like it is one it is a damn near perfect movie. Yeah. But because of that I understand why there's a sequel but I'm so nervous it's going to ruin everything. <laughs> it won't the Spider-Verse sequel is being pushed towards following Spider-Gwen. Okay. It's so not following Miles Morales, which it should, because it could file, follow Miles and put him back in touch with mainline Peter Parker. We won't go there, but That's we it. actually kind of have that right now with Miles being mainline in, in Avengers, and there's two Spider-Man. There's Peter Parker and Miles Morales Spider-Man's right. multiverse theory. But no, this one's going to follow Spider-Gwen and be a female kind of led, I believe, is what it was. Okay, so that makes me feel less apprehensive, but I'm still going to be apprehensive, because it's just it's it's so hard to top, but that's the Problem with all sequels. Right. So <laughs> speaking of sequels and such, here's some more movies moving around. As of now, Monster Hunter is not moving, so it's still coming out in September, which means we might be able to go see it when all of this maybe calms down just a little before it comes back and hits us in the ass. <sighs> We've got Morbius moving to March 19th, 2021. We have Ghostbusters Afterlife coming from coming out July of this year to March 5th of next year, which I'm upset about because it's the original Ghostbusters cast and ignoring the previous movie. It's doing what it had to do. 
you can't talk about that abomination of a movie. So you just forget it ever happened and you move on. It's what Star Wars should have tried to do but couldn't do. Yeah, more on that later. Um, other movies we talked about Uncharted. There's a couple of others that are getting moved around and we'll see. That's for the, those are all just the Sony movies. Let's make that clear. That's all Sony. Right. Let's talk about our Lord and Savior, the House of Mouse and Marvel. Yes, because we are we are getting some pushback. I know Thor, Love and Thunder, and Doctor Strange. I can't wait. Strange and both. more. So, Looks like 2022 is the year of the mouse. Well, so Love and Thunder is not even really above, uh, for coronavirus. It's up a few weeks and up a little early. Doctor Strange yeah. is being pushed back to 2022 because of shooting delays. Right. Because they're shooting this year. Other movies, The Internals is getting pushed back to February, which is, uh, I'm upset about that because I really was looking forward to that at the end of the year. Right. That was going to be my nice. birthday movie this year, but now it might have to be Black Widow. No. And I didn't want it to be Black <laughs> Widow. I wanted it to be the Angelina Jolie Eternals. I don't <sighs> want it to be Black Widow either because, let's be honest here, it's our birthday movie. <laughs> so Shang-Chi now takes, now goes to May 7th. Doctor Strange now moves to November 5th, 2021. And Thor Love and Thunder is now at February 11th, 2022. Mulan is now opening July 24th, 2020. And then the apparent Jungle Cruise movie starring The Rock is now getting pushed to July 30th, 2021. Why did we need a Jungle Cruise movie? We know he's a torque ride on the Jungle Cruise ride. Yeah, that was just one that they just threw in there for good measures like yeah we'll add this to it too because why the fuck not indiana jones 5 the sequel that we never needed the quest for the golden walker gets pushed back to july 2022 <laughs> is he even going to be able to make it to the premiere in the golden walker that's why he's searching it you know jesus used the walker to go to the cross and that's what he's getting it for i don't know don't sue me christians free guy moves from july to december 11th of this year that is one I'm absolutely devastated about because I I'm was not, so looking forward. It's still coming forward. this year. Don't be mad. You just got to wait a few extra months, not years. I, I know this is true, but it was going to be, it was supposed to be like my summer flick. And now it's going to be like my sad, lonely Christmas flick. And I'm going to have, I have different emotions in the winter than I do in the summer. So it's going to be the, it's going to be different. <laughs> and movies that don't, have release dates that did have them and were supposed to be coming out or out already that now have been postponed possibly or I indefinitely you've got the new mutants the personal history of David Cotterperfield antlers and woman in the window keep in mind Artemis Fowl did get shifted from a theatrical release to a release on Disney plot that's something I suppose but I've got more release dates before we go back to Disney because we've got more to talk about for Disney and Disney Plus, and we'll get there. Okay. I know you have some feelings. Always do. But I'm nothing but feelings. We've got another <laughs> slate of movie releases, so I want to swing into those. We'll circle back to Disney. Okay. Because Paramount has also announced some of their moving. First of all, the seventh unasked for Mission Impossible movie. The I don't even know what these movies are about anymore. I thought Tom... I, I don't know. Anyway, it's coming out November next year, 2021. And apparently they've already scheduled the eighth one to come out in November of 2022. They're getting a little bold, I'd say. Right? Because, I mean, isn't 
What is the Scientology god again? I don't know. Tom Cruise? Zod or something like that? I think it's like Zod. No, that's um, Superman. Oh, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, same, same continenty bullshit. Um, but whatever the Scientology god is, should it be scooping Tom Cruise up any day now to protect him from the coronavirus? That's why Tom Cruise gives him all his money. <laughs> right. I don't know. Anyway, a couple of other movies. Chris Pratt-led science fiction action film Tomorrow War was supposed to be open in December before being pulled. It's going to be coming July 30, 23rd of next year. There is a Dungeons & Dragons movie. Yeah, apparently there's actually a D&D movie in the works, which is going to be coming out in May of 2022. Stick here to a thing for breaking coverage of that one as it comes out. I'm equally curious, excited, and hesitant. <laughs> Go watch the last one with Jason Statham. It was shite. Anyway, there's also a Paw Patrol movie coming. Oh, because of course we need Paw Patrol in a time like this. More, more, more of Paw Patrol movie. merch to sell. Yeah. More PC Disney style stuff. But I want it now that we've covered that. Let's circle back to Disney and talk about something coming to Disney Plus that we wasted our unfortunate dollars on. Yeah, I still want a refund. <laughs> on fuck that movie. The fourth of May, and. We'll get to why I'm saying it specifically as the 4th of May. You hear me, Disney? The 4th of May. Mm -hmm. We will get the complete Skywalker saga dropping on Disney+. Plus. That's right. We'll get six movies, and I don't, I, I don't know what the big deal is. We've had it all six of those movies on Disney+, Plus for a while. Right. Oh, they mean those three new ones that nobody liked, so they want to try to capitalize on a fucking hashtag. By that. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, so with... The 4th of May coming, being the big Star Wars day, quote-unquote Star Wars that it is, Disney has decided that if you use a certain hashtag, the pound-signed May the 4th, you will be subject to anything that you post on social media with that being used to their terms of service and appearing in their advertising. They are the mouse, they own you. Baha, buckle up, bitches. You have to be fucking kidding me. Nope, what that's that's you use that hashtag, I own your soul, this is the mouse. Baha. No, that's fucking bullshit, though. Like, Disney needs to get its grubby little mouse gloves off of our freaking nerd tradition holiday that, like, has been sacred to us for decades. Like, they're, they're trying to capitalize on one of my favorite days of the year because they want extra fucking money. Fuck you, Disney, and your fucking grubby mouse hands. You don't get to take this day. You do not get to take the 4th of May away from us, and I am not giving you the privilege <laughs> of trying to capitalize on anything we do here at A Thing The Let's Talk. Fuck you, Disney. Boha, you said the words. I'm uh, gonna sue you now. Boha, I own right. your souls, bitches. You didn't take the terms of use. I said the 4th of May. Thank you. Boha, you still didn't check the terms of use. You own other property. Fuck the mouse, you guys. Disney Plus, Baha, we own you. I'm not paying for it. Doesn't mean we don't own you. Baha. Yeah, ominous mouse aside, guys. That's some bullshit. Yeah, it's some it's some bullshit. I get it. It's it's in a time when Disney needs more money because Netflix is worth more than Disney is, they're gonna capitalize on a nerd holiday that's been around longer than disney's owned the franchise and that's fine disney you do you and i'll do me and continue not watching your new star wars properties let's talk about another property that i watched that isn't disney owned oh yeah youtube turned 15 this past week 
Oh, happy birthday, YouTube. Oh, we share birthday weeks with YouTube. That's so sweet. Look at us go. Right? Yeah, YouTube's 15th anniversary, which had showed one of the co-founders, Jared uh, Jawed Karim, I didn't misname him, standing in front of an elephant enclosure at the San Diego Zoo. And here we are 15 years later where people have made it their legitimate fucking careers by playing video games, having makeup channels, family blog channels, fucked up this channels, let's test this thing channels, let's go outside Relation and slap channels. this old lady in the face channels. Oh, sign me up for those channels. <laughs> you know, you get your Jake Pauls and your hashtag bros and your Logan Pauls and your we're gonna go outside and take bad photos here and cause traffic jams and I'm a YouTube my lady and have these public reactions and 15 years later YouTube is the cesspool of the internet it deserves to be. But we love YouTube. YouTube has a very special place in my heart and always will. Even today I was scrolling through old favorites of mine going through the the history of my YouTube watch watch list. This whole boy did it get weird. <laughs> Mine's not very cringe. Mine was pretty interesting. Um, we have like the classics of shoes, which also recently turned, I believe, six um, this past week as well. Because, oh my God, shoes. Uh, one of my all time favorite videos of all time. Um, so we went from that to even a couple of Christian Bale breakdowns to. Uh, weird animation videos to uh, a bunch of really cringy emo music videos because, you know, that's a part of my history as well. Um, to more weird stuff even today. My, my YouTube has really shown how much I've grown as a person. <laughs> yeah, my YouTube is pretty much the exact same as it is now. It is just how videos... With and such because youtube turned 15 today which means i was already established in my internet ways long before youtube was a thing see i was i grew up with youtube so and i even grew up with like a time before youtube with where you would have to go on like Al, um albino black sheep or uh you know websites like that before like youtube really started taking off for all of those all of those types of videos I went to Ebom's World, Joe Cartoon, Kill Frog. Newgrounds. I went Newgrounds. I, like I spent a lot of time on Newgrounds. So, but eventually like, we all consolidated like into games. Flash player games. Oh, flash player games are always fun. You want to know one of my favorite flash player games of all time? Which one? Um, was the uh, Bubble Buddy one, the one where you could just legitimately just try to explode a bubble and just watch him freak out. It was oh, one I've of my favorites to play. Yes, it's a I know lot that one. You can still play it. That one still runs. I used to play the Madness game a lot. That was fun. Oh, I loved Madness. I also, Madness I, and I remember that there. it started as a video, uh, like just like a like a music yeah, video, and videos. then you can actually. It was mm -hmm. a flash and video I, series, and then they I made it a combat the simulator. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I remember Madness. <sighs> the simple days of flash animations. The simple times of the internet were like people were just doing that for fun, and like we would just do that after school, and like you know, here we are. Talking about YouTube being 15 years old and how people have careers. And I mean, heck, even we have a let's talk on the internet. Might not be on YouTube yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, that's not through any fault of mine. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> okay. It's okay. So, to round out our talks this week, before we jump to something we haven't even talked about yet, we're going to lead into it with this before we announce it. Are you ready? Let's go. So, 
WWE. I thought we weren't a wrestling let's talk. We're not, but this is relevant to something we have already discussed. Oh? So, coming up here in a minute, we had an update segment with our favorite pro wrestling correspondent. Mr. Pop Culture Junkie. And in that segment, we discussed the cancellation of WWE 2K21. Oh, no. Talk about it. We'll get into more about that. But since the time we recorded that to the recording now, because, yeah, we don't do everything on the same day, guys. Sorry to break your nostalgia, your your immersion, not your nostalgia, your immersion. Don't look in the curtain like that. So in the time since, W2K has revealed another WWE game to to wet wet your thirst in the in the in the stead. And that one is called 2K Battlegrounds, which is an oh. arcade style brawler where you can have your wrestlers get special powers and there's a blatant Shiroken ripoff. Oh gosh. But I mean the trailer was pretty cool. Alright, I'm actually <laughs> legit. I if if I can get away to play it for free i will hey 2k you listen send me a code for this one i'll play it i'll give you a review i'd play it too just so i can throw an alligator or something. <laughs> right if i could throw like if i could have the rock if i could play the rock and throw john cena into an alligator let go and if john cena's like special move isn't to go invisible i quit just saying <laughs> if the rock can't perform a kirby and turn into a rock i quit right because like i mean if they're gonna rip off a a, a shadouken sure you can Shuriken. Sure you can. Oh, sure you can. <laughs> you can tell I did not play that game. Um, if they can rip that off, I'm sure there's other things that they can as well, too. And, like, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin needs to have, like, a more, like, Duke Nukem energy. No, he just okay. throws beer at people. Perfect. You know, that's Hulk Hogan his, that's rips his, his shirt off and turns green. Uh-huh. Warrior turns into an actual warrior. He like it's a sword, chops people's heads off. You know, you got to make this like Mortal Kombat style arcade brawler. Let's go fatalities and shit. Yeah, we got ideas. Andre we the can Giant do this. comes out and just squishes you. You only see his foot. Yeah, just squishes <laughs> you. Ta-da, that's the end. You fight the foot. Oh no! See, but now that you're starting to get into more of a smash knockoff, because instead of fighting uh, Master Hand, you're fighting Giant Foot. Yeah, but it's Andre the Giant's foot. So I mean. It's giant foot, but it's giant's foot. True. Pum, pum, pum. So it'll be interesting. Um, maybe they realized that the last game wasn't that good. And they're like, let's try something different. Maybe. We I will mean, see. We'll see exactly what happens since they've indefinitely postponed the other one for now. But on that, we're going to go jump over to Mr. PC and J. Yay, let's go. All right. Friends. All right, thing of tears. Have you ever wondered where you could be the first to find our uploads? Well, wonder no more. Check out our main Anchor page. It's anchor.fm forward slash a thing pod. While you're there, make sure to check out our links to Facebook and Twitter that are going to be pinned right up at the top of the page near the podcast description. And thing of tears, we are back with our resident WWE correspondent, the one and only pop culture junkie, because we've had some things happen in the world of world wrestling entertainment. Mr. Junkie, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. I'm here a second week in the row for these types of conversations. Hey! Uh, hey. And it's, who a, it's a true record. I'm glad you're making it. That's right. In a world of COVID-19 where there's really nothing else going on in the world aside from the thing lines we talked about before this. 
we got to talk about wrestling because it's the only form of quote unquote live entertainment we have left. It's well, only... that's because it's an essential business. Thank you, State of Florida. But that's mm-hmm. going to lead me directly into our first topic of the day for our WWE update is we had a whistleblower. Yep, whistleblower. Somebody's, somebody's telling telling fibs outside of school. What's, what's going on here? Somebody telling them the WWE's forcing them to work and wanting the government to step in and shut them down. So, oh. Mr. Junkie, my question for you is, what do you think of the whistleblower? And the big question, who do you think the whistleblower is? Well, first, the first part would be you got to really take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to any kind of quote-unquote leaked news because uh, especially like in the last... I don't know. I'd say about throughout the 80s into the 90s, every wrestler that was working for any wrestling company, if a reporter for any magazine or newspaper that covered pro wrestling uh, could get them to come talk to them about anything, they jumped at it because you want to talk to them about anything, blab about anything, and you're going to get paid on the side for you know any kind of news or gossip you can you know feed them. So you always have to be careful because they're like, oh hey, hey, I heard this is happening or whatnot, and then it never comes to you know be true at all. But they just you know got some money on the side because they supposedly gossip something. But so uh, wait, 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 you're yeah. saying that <clears throat> if we started a rumor that some wrestler did something somewhere, we could get paid? Yes. Possibly. I think I found how I'm going to make, I think I found my new side hustle. (laughs) (laughs) Among the others, but yes. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not give give our thing of tears any ideas here. All right, let's let's shut that down now. (laughs) Okay, my prices are much higher, so let's move on. So going back, okay, the the term dirt sheets, if you haven't heard of that, that's what was always given to like the pro wrestling magazines that weren't produced by like the actual company like WWF or WCW or what have you. So the dirt sheets is where you get all the info, you know, you try to find any kind of information on wrestlers behavior outside of wrestling, like when they're traveling at home, things that are going on in their personal lives, because this is back when kayfabe was still a real thing uh, where you didn't, you know, you didn't know that it was fake or scripted or anything. You still believed everything was real. So you had to protect the business the best you could. But I mean, people will still leak out stories to, you know, anybody that's going to listen and, and print it. But I, I don't doubt that somebody's coming out and sharing that, you know, they're being forced to work and they're being forced to actually still do everything. Like everything's okay because hello, They've been deemed essential, so any hope they did have for being part of the rest of the world that gets shut down and being able to stay home and be safe for a while away from public, uh, they they lost that opportunity because, well, we know it wasn't all legit, but Vince somehow got Florida to be like, yes, you're essential, and I'm sure somebody in the White House had something to do with it as well, but it's like, okay, we're, we're going to have to keep working, even though there was no audience, no crowd, and it makes no sense. So very much you are still in the camp of they should have the WWE entertainers at home. I very much so. It's ridiculous to put them in danger and put themselves in a dangerous situation like that where everyone else is uh, able to be home and uh, avoid, you know, catching COVID, of course, and it just it doesn't make sense, especially it's not like this is a this is not 
let's be, you know, this is not doctors that are on the front lines that are essential people. These aren't people that are providing us with food and water and electricity, things, basic necessities. This and is eyewear. Like this me. Is a, yeah. It's like this <laughs> is a television show. Okay. All the TV shows that we all watch, except for what was ever uh, pre you know, recorded earlier last year and, and into the beginning of this year, everything shut down. There's no new shows, new episodes of anything happening right now because everyone's, you know, not sure what's, what, you know, What's going to happen? Are they safe by going to work or not? You don't know. I mean, you say that, but we did get a new episode of Tiger King. Oh, that was, yeah. Well, that's a, like a Skype version of it. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, like what the <laughs> NFL draft was, for example, was an online Skype kind of conversation with the fans. You know, you I'll see- give WWE some credit for trying to do this whole, you know, <clears throat> no audience match, but realistically they shouldn't be doing tag team matches right now if they're going to do matches and have them perform should have normal one-on-one well here's the thing though is that with the tag team matches it's still technically under the number of people that you can have in a gathering at any any given time so it's like i but i understand i understand that like but but that's the way that they look at it because like you see like maybe four to six people just like collected like in that area and like we know that it takes more people than just that to make it happen because you've got the cameramen and you got like the sound guys and like some of those people and the referees like there has to be a close proximity so like i understand why that rationale of thinking is wrong i just don't think they should be doing it at all and even still and the reason i say that is because i'm not gonna lie wrestling's kind of boring without the fan hype that's ninety percent it of it. It's 90% of it. And like, yeah, like some of these more theatrical ones that they've done has been it's been an interesting experiment, you know, and it's cool to see. And I can watch that, but knowing what wrestling truly is, like at its core, it is the fan base. And if you don't have the fan base there, then there's really no point in them being there. Because that's what they're for. They're for the fans. They're not for anything else because it's not like anyone realistically gives a shit. Like and I mean this in a, like, you know, like a nice way, of course, but that's just the way wrestling is. It's either you're all in or you're not. And you can't have these matches and like have these like fake crowd hypings when like no one's there. It's like, yeah, someone can get hyped from home, but you don't get that energy. And it's no, just no. a waste of everyone's time. And it oh. makes it it makes it feel so lackluster. I will have you know that they have a capacity crowd at the performance center. Thank you. It's still not it's not the same. And I understand why it's not the same. And I like I respect that it's it's a capacity crowd and like they try to enforce social justice, but it's still it's not the same because it's it's still very much they're they're trying to do something way too soon. They they really are. Nancy, I will ask you a question. Do you know what a capacity crowd at the performance center is? Where don't they have just like like a select number of people just kind of the answer is zero. There are no fans at the performance center. Okay. But even, but still, if that's the case, then then why, why even bother? In a world where the other sporting leagues have shut down, where you don't have, well, in most cases, you do have more people on the court or the field at the same time. But in a world where other leagues have shut down saying, hey, this isn't a good idea to put our players and our fans in, Vince McMahon's about the bottom line. And we're seeing that out of him. And Mr. Junkie, I believe you had mentioned last week that the AEW is kind of doing the same thing with pre-recorded matches right now. 
Yeah, they both are doing it. Um, AW and WWE have been doing empty, empty arena shows. Uh, but AW does something a little bit different where they bring out a handful of their uh, actual talent, re- like their wrestlers, and they scatter them around in the audience and they have them do something of entertainment. Like somebody will be walking around holding up a sign, just like you see regular fans holding up signs that say something funny. Uh, you'll have a couple of the you know, wrestlers sit ringside during a match and cause some kind of distraction or not necessarily interference, but something. So you get a little bit of interaction to where you do st- still see some people in the audience while the match is happening. It gives it a little bit of something else to enjoy. Uh, but WWE hasn't done that at all yet. They've just stuck with just you know the wrestlers in the ring and that's it well now i know we've been critical more of the wwe side of things um but on the aew side of things would you feel kind of as strongly as you do about the wwe thing as maybe they shouldn't be holding matches or events right now as well i i say all all of it needs to just stop uh because there's too much risk for any of them whether it's aew wwe doesn't matter what company you work for uh, even AEW has uh, uh, some of their commentators are not working. Jim Ross is their main commentator, one of the greatest ring announcers of all time, and he's not working the any of the shows right now because he's older. So he's in that age range that's more susceptible to getting you know COVID nineteen, and he's had health issues and whatnot. So he he's more vulnerable. Uh, so he's purposely not being used. There's other talent. Uh, what you would call legends, wrestlers that have been around for decades, like Arn Anderson, Jake the Snake Roberts, they're not showing up at these shows because they they don't want to take the chance of just going from their ho- their house or wherever they're living uh, to the arena to just tape a show, and they're being smart about it. They're saying, no, stay home. You know, It's not worth it. We'll bring in the talent that is willing to work. Uh, I don't believe anybody's being forced to work in AEW. Nothing's come out about that yet. Uh, but it does seem like AEW has been more relaxed in that, saying, hey, if you want to work, you can work, but you know, we're not going to put you at risk if uh, you decide, and we're not going to you know, fire you over this, because it's nothing that you know, is out of your, it's out of your control, uh, just like everything right now. So I think the AEW is doing a lot better job with it. Okay. And real quick, just kind of circle back. You said Jim Ross. Is that good old JR? Is he the one who has that barbecue sauce line? That's by, yes, it is. JR, Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. Have you tried the barbecue? I have not tried the barbecue. I have tried, uh, oh, no, no, I have tried the barbecue sauce once. Uh, we got, I got it long. How is ago. it? Just kind of personal curiosity, if you remember. How is it? Because I've seen him advertise it. I've seen posts on Facebook advertising it. Just curious how it is. I thought it was pretty good. I want to order more things. He's got uh, a, a chipotle ketchup and a spicy Ooh. mustard. And kind of, yeah, I want to try all that. You say spicy mustard, and all I want now are some pretzels. There you go. Oh, some pretzels sound so good right now. Right, like nice and pretzels hot. Pretzels and mustard. Oh, oh. oh that'd be With good. With like a nice cold mixed drink, in my case. Because nice, I can't. Nice glass of whiskey. Oh, yeah. I just want an ice cold beer with that. Mm. Mm. I love me a good pretzel. <laughs> so. <laughs> We mentioned the talk of the cinematic matches and such a minute ago, and I want to kind of move forward a little bit in this conversation because there's some leaked talk about the WWE conference call from this week about Vince McMahon talking about moving forward with live events or what they would be moving forward and how they can kind of expand WWE's offering. 
And one of those offer, one of those suggestions was those cinematic matches, much like we had at WrestleMania, um, the Undertaker AJ Styles match, which Mr. Junkie has AJ Styles appeared on WWE programming since that match. Nope, he has not uh, made any appearances yet. So uh, all we know is he got his hand out from the grave. So he's, so he's not dead. Exactly... Okay. Got it. Well, no, no, he got his hand up. So, okay. You know, so that, that you know he's okay. You know, it's just like so he's a zombie. He could be. Maybe. I mean, everyone needs to fresh, you know, refresh their gimmick. So, But much like that match and then the, uh, the, the Firefly Funhouse match, which was just so much fun. Um, moving forward, he's talking about doing more of those. Would you be interested in seeing more of those cinematic type matches? I would be as long as they do it sparingly and don't go overboard, which unfortunately when WWE begins to try something new, they end up doing it so many times over and over. It loses its charm and appeal and you just get like, okay, we've seen this 12 times already in a short period of time. It doesn't mean anything anymore, and they just water things down. So I would like to, yes, because it's a great alternative, and it's trying something new, which wrestling has always been about that, trying new things. It gets stale real fast if you don't, and I think they could do a lot of cool matches, scenarios, and you know, they're doing it now with the Money in the Bank. They've got a Money in the Bank ladder match, which Money in the Bank ladder match... All it is is it's a ladder match. You put a ladder in the ring, climb up, and grab a briefcase. And if you win the briefcase, it guarantees you a uh, cash-in opportunity on whoever the main champions are. You can cash it in any time and have a match. Uh, But instead of normal, where it's just a ring, they're building a ring on top of WWE Titan Tower, their office building. And you start on the ground floor, and you fight your way through the building through the floors, up to the, to the roof, then you still have to climb the ladder and retrieve the briefcase. That's going to be a lot of fun. Ooh, sounds more like a super intense jungle gym to me. So <laughs> when is Money in the Bank? When is that pay-per-view event? I think it's, uh, let's see, May 10th. So hey, Nancy, do you want to watch that with me? You know what? Yes. This, this will be the one that I watch. <laughs> it's a, they are on Sundays usually, so we have plenty mm-hmm. of time to make that happen. And we perhaps do. we can have Mr. Junkie come talk, and the three of us can dissect watching it for a novice's guide. Uh, that'd be I'm, interesting. I'm still the novice here. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so, speaking of Money in the Bank, Mr. Junkie, is that something you're interested in? Is the Money in the Bank match this year? Yes, because of this new style that they're doing with not just having it in the ring, you're, you're going through the office building, uh, you know there's going to be all types of craziness. You'll have them fighting uh, in a hallway, and then they're going to like throw somebody through a door. It's going to be Vince's office. I want it to be... I want them to throw somebody into uh, a doorway that says Vince's name on the, on the front door so you know it's his office. But when they get thrown in there, instead of Vince McMahon, it's Puppet Vince. At the desk, I would love that. As long as uh, it's puppet Vince at the desk saying this is some good shit. Yes, I mean that—that's all you need. It's—it's it's gonna be awesome there. So that was gonna lead me into your, into my next question. So with them talking about cinematic matches, would you like to see more of the Bray Wyatt Firefly Firefly Funhouse matches? Yeah, because they could do things with other wrestlers. Like uh, there's other wrestlers he's had feuds with, but 
Uh, it, it it worked really well for John Cena because he's had such a long career, so he had all types of different uh, you know moments in his career to go back on and use in that. Uh, so if they brought in uh, other legends or other wrestlers that are currently working, but they've had like you know a, at least somewhat of a I guess exciting or intriguing career to uh, to find little things to pick on or to parody and. Uh, point out, I think that'd be you know something they could work with. I definitely would like to see them try to do one with Roman Reigns and not uh, or not acknowledge how many times he's been booed out of arenas. I mean, just put it out there; it'd be it'd be great. Okay, so I'm gonna pose a question to the class, and Miss Nancy, I want your answer first. Oh no! So you've seen the Fiend, Brain Wyatt. You've seen what the Fiend is, correct? Yes. So you kind of know what the Firefly Funhouse is, the Mr. Rogers kind of thing that he does. And I know you know at least enough <clears throat> wrestling names out there. So if you could pick someone for him to do one of these cinematic matches with, who would you pick, Nancy? Good question. Um, I'm going to give you my really lame answer, and then I'm going to give you my creative answer. Okay. My lame answer is The Undertaker. Actually, that would probably be a really cool match well, right amazing. and like that's right and it's because like they're in that same vein and they both have a very artistic and theatrical approach to their wrestling characters and that's what i want to see so if you're going to do it cinematically you're gonna do it right so those two because they have those characters so well established i think would make for such a great story that you can make out of so that's my that's I, I guess it's my unlame answer, <laughs> but I figured like that was like the obvious choice. Um, other than that, I would like to see Jericho. But he has to portray more of like an angelic character to face the fiend. Okay. Okay. So, but Mr. I think John he could do that well. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Miss Nancy. But no, I that that's all I had to say. Is like, I think he could do that well. Like if you could get Jericho to play like so it'd be like angel versus devil type, but not Did you necessarily say and demons. <gasps> Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's my mindset with it. Um that would be it would be more of a generic fight cuz I don't know how much he could push that envelope, but it would be interesting to see. Okay, okay. Mr. Chunky, same question. If you could book a dream match for the Fiend Bray Wyatt to have a Firefly Funhouse mass with, match with, who would it be? Uh, let's see. Okay, far-fetched would not happen, but I would like them to do Hulk Hogan. Because I think that would Actually be... Actually was on my list of answers. That would be very inter interesting. And they they were willing to poke fun at Cena for a few different times during the Firefly so I would like to see what they might do with Hogan as he's got, you know, a 40 year something career for them to work with, too. So plenty of material. Uh, so that would be my far fetched one. Probably would never happen at all. Yes, Undertaker is a great one as well, uh, because they have such similar, you know, the mystique, the magic. They both have supernatural teleporting powers. So lots of things that you could uh, play with there with uh, Bray and Taker. Uh but I think the one other person I could pick right now would be... Um, I'm going to go with uh, 
I, I don't know why. I just want to say Brock Lesnar. I want to see Lesnar have to jump the hurdles of doing a Firefly Funhouse match. He's only doing like two minute matches, but I want to see him do that. That would be amazing. I'm 100% with you because that would be something to see. Yeah, I just want to see. I want to see Lesnar having to show up wearing his uh, Michigan State wrestling gear and uh, he's pumped up for an amateur wrestling match. All uh, braised like the muscle man next to him, pumping him up for it, and Lesnar's like freezing in the moment, going like, "Wait, what am I doing?" Next thing, as, you see him like bruised up in the face after UFC fight. <laughs> as long as his voice, who is that? His voice, who is his his barker? I can't remember. Oh, his Paul name. Heyman. Paul Heyman. As long as Paul mm-hmm. Heyman's on there, like narrating the entire thing. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> like hyping up Lesnar even as he's losing a Firefly Funhouse match. It'd be great to see. Yeah. So for me, my two, one that will never happen, well, both of them will probably never happen, but number one, I'd like to see The Fiend against The Rock. Uh. Would be so Wouldn't that be interesting? Because we all know The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, is an actor and can act. So it may be <clears throat> one of the better acted Firefly Funhouse segments, as well as the fact mm. that you'd get to see him just be goofy the whole time. Yeah. That would be awesome because not only that, not, not only is he an actor, but The Rock can talk, and that's what got him over to becoming exactly. one of the biggest of all time. Is he can just tear somebody to shreds on the mic before he even is, get, gets yeah. in the ring. If there's so. one thing you can say about Dwayne Johnson, is he is a charismatic man. Yeah. Ooh, that's that's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and my other match that will never happen. Wouldn't it be cool to see the fiend against the Ultimate Warrior? That oh would be gosh. fun. Like oh I, I actually God. know the Ultimate Warrior. That would be a fun one to watch. Could like, I watch that, that? Just be phenomenal. <laughs> no, I can. I just think about like how much fun that would be because just like the whole dynamic would be insane. and I just I like especially because I love the fiend like as a character. Like, I think The Fiend is really cool. And, like, little cringy, but, like, that's wrestling in a whole is cringy. So, like, you, if you turn into that skid, like, you're in such a good spot. So, with The Fiend, it's like, yeah. And So, if, speaking of cringy. Real, real quick, if that was set up as a match, Ultimate Warrior against The Fiend, Firefly Funhouse, I want to see Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt, sitting in the, the Firefly Funhouse, Next to Warrior, and I want Warrior cutting one of his magical, unspeakable promos. And the whole time, Bray is sitting nearby with a box that's a translator, and he just has a button, and he gets to press the button every time Warrior finishes a sentence, and it brings up subtitles to what Warrior is actually saying. Because <laughs> yes. he could never understand what the hell he was saying when he would go into these just bizarre rant promos. Just, yeah. Yes. But speaking of cringe and WWE, and I don't think I told you this fact, Mr. Junkie, my now 20-month-old son, when I was watching WrestleMania, was glued to the television. Was he? So we may be starting, as he gets older, to have something that comes on in the household. And sorry, Nancy, we may end up having a wrestling segment if that's the case. The seeds have been planted. To be a wrestling We've got two more things WWE-wise to talk about, speaking of not becoming a wrestling podcast. 
But one is something that actually falls into our normal banter, Miss Nancy. Oh. They went ahead and canceled the WWE 2K21 video game. Probably nothing to do with the fact that 2K20 was a steaming pile of horseshit. Oh, but that whole face transposal thing where you could, like, take a selfie and totally make some type of abomination, like, made in a lab, fucked up, like, personal care. Like, the only thing that came out of the uh, 2K, like, 20, like, wrestling, like, or 2K19, like, wrestling game was the character customization was fantastic. In Mr. the fact that it was awful. <laughs> Mr. Junkie, did you buy WWE 2K20? No, I did not. What are I your thoughts on it? Yeah, so what are your thoughts? As, as, as the true wrestling fan among us at the moment, being our <laughs> WWE correspondent, <clears throat> and I know you did some videos on your YouTube channel a while ago of you playing some of the wrestling matches and some of the dream matches. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think of WWE 2K20? Because I know you've probably heard more of the backlash against it from the wrestling community. Definitely more than we have, um, but also just as a wrestling fan in general and the way they handled your one of the, the properties that you love. The 2K games, have, to me, have just been on a steady decline ever since they started. And it's bizarre because 2K makes other sport games, like the basketball games, NBA, uh, 2K, look amazing. And Hockey! They're, and <laughs> there you go, NHL, all those. They're, they're highly praised. And I, you know what, 2K got me back into sport games back in the year 2000 when, when I bought a Dreamcast and they came out with the 2K games on the Sega Dreamcast. I hadn't played uh, football or basketball video games in, in years and I bought the Dreamcast. I got uh, NBA 2K, NFL 2K and I was glued to my system for like a, a, you know months just playing uh, every kind of season possible for all these and I loved them. I'm like, oh my god, when WWE was going to partner up with 2K Yes, this is going to be amazing. I have and, to cut in real quick oh, for you here because, number yeah. one, I am 100% jealous you owned the Dreamcast because I was an N64 kid. Oh, I had both. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not Your all what you call a hashtag you? rich kid. Actually, no, actually, his parents loved him. That's all it was. Ours didn't. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, ow, I got, I got my Dreamcast for free, actually. <laughs> I worked I worked I in a video I worked at a video game store, and uh, let's, see, what, let's, what, let's see, what is this, 20? This is 2020. I think the statute of limitations has ended. Uh, so nah, I, worked at, I worked at a video game store, and uh, we sold and uh, sold new and used product, and our company bought out like a, a wholesale of a, uh, it's like a, I think it was like a Best Buy or someone that was going out of business or closing down, and so they bought in bulk all their video game merch. And they brought in just boxes of merchandise, just piled in games, consoles, controllers, everything. They brought it into our store. Uh, the the district manager did. They gave it to myself and the store manager. And they're like, hey, here's like seven, eight boxes of stuff. Sort through it. Price it. It's all going to be marked to use stuff. So, But test it all out. Make sure it works. I started testing stuff in the store. My manager's like, can't test all this here. This is too much. You got to, you know, you're not going to get any sales. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? He says, take like four boxes home. I'm like, oh, okay. And he says, yeah, only four. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. He's like, here, I'll take one box. You take four. I'm like, oh, okay. Make me do all the work. I said, what do I do with the stuff that doesn't work? He's like, just throw it away. I'm like, okay. 
I so you back. threw it away into the back of your car, right? Because that's how that goes. Basically, I was like, uh, so this like only one, uh, two boxes worth of stuff uh, worked. The other two I threw away. He's like, good. Did you get anything good? I'm like, uh, maybe. He's like, good. I didn't want you to just throw it all away. So he was in a roundabout way. He was like, keep what you want, but bring back some stuff. So I got a Dreamcast and a couple of Game Boy Colors and whatnot. <laughs> some video games. Uh, <laughs> I so, yeah. Do you want to know, a completely related but unrelated, like the exact opposite has happened to me at jobs where like we weren't even allowed to have like an extra beverage unless we had like proof that we purchased it. And like people have gotten like fired over Tootsie Rolls. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was actually like an interview like point that the boss had tried to make is like like they were working the candy counter and that he's st- like a, a employee had stole a Tootsie Roll and he got fired for stealing from the company. Oh, they nickel and dime wow. you. Yeah, they uh, nickel and dime you because it was an arcade. Ha 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 ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. So exact opposite experience that I've had in my working life of, you know, like, oh, you got a Dreamcast? I wasn't even allowed to have free water. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, essentially, we understand why 2K21 was canceled then, since 2K20 was a horrible, horrible game in general. Yeah, it was a disaster. The controls were terrible. The gameplay was bad. The It glitched everywhere. The storylines on, like, you know, you have video games where you have a story like the you know, any what is it like the new Final Fantasy just came out. I know you've been playing lately. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and you have a story to play. There's other games that have a story, but then you do side mission stuff, whatever. And then the wrestling games, yeah, you can just get you and a couple of your friends to come over and play one on one matches or versus whatever. But then you do have a story mode of some sort, and the story modes on these games for the last I don't know. 10 years have been uh, terrible. I I did buy the, the last one I think was like 2K16 or 17. I bought that one. I tried playing the story mode. You start off as a developmental character, you work your way through NXT and then you eventually hopefully get put on the main roster, but you got to win titles, but to get titles you have to get title matches. I played the game for a freaking year and I never got a title opportunity. <laughs> so I was like, what is this? How am I supposed to win? And I never lost matches. (laughs) So I don't know what else they want from you. (laughs) Wow. Maybe they want you to be more like Velveteen Dream, allegedly. So the last WWE topic we have is apparently Velveteen Dream wound up in the news this week. Mr. Junkie, do you mind to tell us a little bit about this? Okay, so are, are both of you familiar with who Velveteen Dream is? I am now probably more familiar than I thought I would be. Yeah, I'm a little more familiar than I thought I maybe wanted to be. Okay, so Velveteen Dream. Okay, first of all, the uh, the individual who is the Velveteen Dream, his real name is Patrick Clark. He came into WWE as part of the uh, Tough Enough show, which was like their reality show. Uh, I to try that. to get, yeah, to, yeah, you want to be a wrestler, they put you through obstacles and whatnot. This guy came in, he had like promise. But there was he was missing something uh, on the show, and he was just your regular person. Of course, he didn't have a character yet. And uh, I remember Chris Jericho was one of the like coaches for the show, and he like really just kept you know riding the guy, telling him you're gonna be this you know amazing person. Just it's not happening yet. You're missing something. 
Riding well, was not the word you should have used. Just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> so I'll I'll sidestep there. Okay. Uh, but fa- but you fast you fast forward to uh, to him going into NXT because they still sign you even if you don't win the contest. They still sign people. Uh, usually, the people that don't win the tough enough contest end up becoming more successful than the winners. Um, and Sounds this like- is the ca- this is the case. Like. Uh, he shows up. He did start wrestling as a different character, but then he became the Velveteen Dream. Who's to me, it's kind of like uh, you took Goldust and Ravishing Rick Rude and you melt and you just gelled them together, uh, and you get the Velveteen Dream. He's this androgynous character, as they call it. You're not really sure if he favors one side or the other. If he's into the ladies or the dudes, or he just you know he'll just stick it in anyone. You know, you're not you're not sure. <laughs> I mean that. But, maybe led to the situation we're talking about. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. So, uh, that, that's his character. He's super over. Okay. He's one of, he's like, a lot of people are like, this is the guy we all want to see go to the main roster and please God, don't let Vince destroy him. Like he destroyed all the other NXT call-ups, but his character is great. He's amazing on the mic, good matches, everything, got everything going for him. Well then, uh, yesterday we all woke up to some interesting news, uh, where allegedly, uh, Velveteen Dream on his Instagram account had been uh, contacting a underage girl uh, that uh, later she said she was like 15 and her friends were like 16 and 17 and he was asking her for uh, photos, nude photos allegedly and uh, she was denying it but apparently he sent her photos allegedly again uh, and it's yeah it's, Apparently that's supposed to be him that's in the photo. I haven't seen the uncensored one. I've just seen the one where it's like his upper body is is showing. <clears throat> but <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, that's the uh, the uh, rumor is that he sent pictures uh, to an underage girl uh, trying to get pictures from them. Uh, I follow him on Twitter, and I saw that he had already uh, he's erased like all tweets on his uh, timeline. Uh, but he did post a tweet following deleting all that, and uh, it's quote saying, "Be assured, I did not communicate inappropriately with anyone. A private photo of mine was shared without my consent or knowledge, and I am working with a third party to look into this matter." So that's all we have from him so far. He's been quiet, obviously, because you you know he doesn't want to uh, say anything to, I guess, really pour more gas on the fire if there is really no fire. Because right now, there's a lot of smoke, in my opinion. So he Mike fires himself. Yeah. I guess to give some context to my comment, Mike fires is the whistleblower in the whole Astros cheating scandal. And it came out that uh, he was communicating true. with underage women via Instagram <clears throat> and taking pictures and such with mm. them. And that came out sh- sometime thereafter. Gotcha. So you're in the camp of innocent until proven guilty. For the time being, just uh, it's it's one of those things like you know, you know, you don't know anybody until you know until you actually know them from what happens. But like, it just doesn't seem to fit, and I could be totally wrong. And I, if he did these things, then he's a he's a piece of shit, and he deserves whatever happens to him. Uh, if it's all BS, then whoever it is that's saying these things, if it really is a 15-year-old girl making it up, or somebody else pretending to be a 15-year-old girl, I don't know. It could be anything. I'm not defending the guy uh, because I don't know 
any more than y'all, whether or not he is the type of person to do this kind of thing. I mean, who, who knew Jarek from Subway was going to be what he turned out to be? Nobody saw that coming right away, so I don't know. I don't know. He was talking about a foot long for a really long time. <laughs> Touche. Well, Touche. <laughs> if there's anything that we hear at a thing, the Let's Talk, you know, the Internet's worst and the world's worst Let's Talk, is to not jump to conclusions based on last year when we talked about Pro Jared. And coming up, at our, coming up on our one, and actually here on our one-year anniversary show, Ooh. as we have no doubt mentioned at this point, we are willing to admit times were wrong and need to wait for more information. And I think for us, this is definitely a time for us to admit when we were more in when we need more information. Given we jumped the gun with the Pro Jared scandal. Well, let me uh, bring up something as well that probably a lot of people have forgotten about uh, just because, you know, time makes everyone forget about things no matter how scandalistic things happen. Uh, did you guys ever hear anything about Enzo Amore in WWE a few years ago? I did not. Okay. Enzo Amore was a tag team wrestler. Good on the mic. Real small guy, but real, real talented on the mic. He uh, allegedly had, uh, he had a, a girl come out saying that uh, he had raped her or forced her to have sex uh, at a hotel or something like that. Uh, the day these allegations came out, uh, WWE like immediately cut ties with him. He's out of here. Uh, you're you're gone. Like bam, gone, etc. Uh, they didn't have any proof yet. They didn't have any like there was no like rape kit tested stuff. All that stuff. Nothing had happened. It was just allegations came out, and they were like, "Oh, you're gone." It later on came out that it was all BS. It was just, you know, I don't know all the details now, but I know it was all BS. He didn't do it. He didn't force anything on anybody. Uh, but it was like, okay, but this was like months later after attorneys and what investigations and all that stuff. So it's hard to say like, okay, you know, innocent till proven guilty, guilty till proven innocent. I don't know, but it's like it, it happens. So, and that's what's unfortunate about the world. So, Yeah. Unfortunately, the internet today is about cancel culture, as we have seen with countless other celebrities out there. But I will say this, for, uh, for, for Patrick Clark, a.k.a. Velveteen Dream, for this to happen, if it, was leg- if it is legit, if it comes out that this actually happened, uh, he's got to be the dumbest guy in the world to have that kind of androgynous character on TV and then do that kind of thing, because where you're going... Oh, you're going to be very popular for a brief moment before you get shanked. Right. Yeah. It will be dream over. <laughs> so, is there See, that's, any... that, that's actually funny because that's his catchphrase, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would be a joke <laughs> on us. <laughs> so, Mr. Junkie, is there any other happenings in the WWE this week? I think we really covered everything. I don't think they've done anything else crazy or obscure. And I would say this, if you haven't watched, uh, I, I know you guys don't watch weekly wrestling all the time, but you might want to check out on uh, online. You'll find it. Watch the Triple H uh, 25-year celebration. It was on SmackDown this past week. And uh, we got to see Vince McMahon come out and talk for a little bit on the mic. We rarely see him come out anymore, so it was 
it was odd. Uh, he tried to be funny and playful with Triple H. Just, you know, in real life, they're you know their their father and son in law because uh, Triple H married Stephanie in real life. But uh, it was awkward. If you want to see a very awkward old man trying to stay relevant, yeah, I would watch that. It's funny to hear you say that and remembering the last time I watched wrestling heavily that Vince McMahon was a major part of promos and talking and all of that. Yeah, when he was the quote Mr. McMahon character, yeah, he was on fire. Like, yeah, there was like he was the number one heel in the business, uh, going up against Stone Cold Steve Austin, of course, too. So yeah. Big change. <laughs> I wonder if Vince could bring back that charisma again if he actually played a character instead of just being Vince McMahon, the owner of the inter- of the industry. I don't know if he could anymore. I, don't, I just don't think the fire's in him. He likes to think no. it is, but you can see how bad the creative is, and there's no fire in that, so... I guess that's what happens when you're when 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 your wife quote unquote donates money, but we won't go into that today, Mister Junkie. Thank you so much for for this recap of the week in WWE. Hey, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. And anything new in the works for you on the world of YouTube's? I know we spoke last week, but anything else going on? Anything new you have coming up? Uh, nothing new yet. Just uh, check out my weekly episodes of Mister Mini Mondays. I'll post it every Monday. And I need to get on the uh, next episode of what PCJ is watching. And I think I might have a guest or two joining me for that. So stay tuned for that, too. I won't lie. The uh, what PCJ is watching has actually helped me find a couple of things to watch during this time of no sports in the world. It's fun because I'm really digging deep in all these streaming services trying to find anything that I've you know not seen in a long time and or haven't seen ever. And I'm finding some good treasures. You know, I think Miss Nancy and I may have a few suggestions that might be able to help you a little. That would be amazing. We got to get that to go. Get that going. Say, what do you think, Nancy? We got some suggestions of things to watch, don't we? Some opinion. I have some opinions on things. Speaking of opinions on things we watch, let's jump in and talk about that last episode of Hunters. Because holy shit, did shit go down? Shit went down. Let's go. Hashtag spoilers, no spoilers, but hidden Nazis. We'll see y'all in a minute. Hey there, Thing of Tears. Have you been wanting to slide into my DMs? Well, now's your chance, so make sure you talk to us at athinkpod at gmail.com. Okay, now that we are no longer a wrestling let's talk, let's finish out something that has taken us weeks to finish, but oh boy did it go out with a bang. In more ways than one. Right. Some big bangs, some little bangs, some bangerangs. Uh, <laughs> but we and have the last episode of Hunters. Yes, and some Black Bettys. I think Pam Balam was in it, too. <laughs> yes, we finished Hunters. And we did. But this is, again, not us going to give it a final wrap-up on a bow kind of episode. We're just going to talk about episode 10 before we go in to actually talk about it next week. Right, because we have a lot of feelings on the show as a whole, but we also have a lot of feelings about this episode because so many things happened. So let's... I guess we just need to jump into it. So it starts with a year prior when Ruth talks to Meyer about Jonah and their daughter and all of these things as Harriet 
then it flashes to Harriet pulling Meyer out of the car. Colonel nowhere to be seen. And Meyer's laying in his bed, right? Right. And he starts calling out Meyer. Yeah, which is weird. Um, because why why would you be calling out a name that should be your own? And even Jonah is like WTF, because Jonah's there. He is, you know, watching over Meyer, because as far as, like, you know, like, that's my grandpa. Like, you know, I need to be here for him. He's, like, the only family member he has left. And, like, after everything that they've been through, boom. Yeah, he's going to be there. So when someone starts calling out Meyer, kind of, it's kind of like, oh, wait, the fuck? <laughs> I think he just kind of tosses that up to shock. I mean, right. the man did just get out of... A car accident, essentially. Could have died. Should have been dead at his age. Right. I'm surprised he survived that. And he's resilient. I'll give him that. He's seen a lot of shit in this series. Do you think Meyer would survive the Rona? Honestly? Maybe. Like, do... Meyer had, like, the Holocaust and moving to a different country and then, you know, getting shot at. Probably taking some battle scars over the years, even as he was getting older. Because, like, we've obviously seen that he's not scared to throw down and, you know, shank a motherfucker in the hand. Sometimes that comes with repercussions. So I'm sure he knows how to take a punch or two. Um. Yeah, and then Meyer quickly kind of tells Jonah it was his birthright to lead the hunters. But since he didn't shoot Travis in his pretty boy face, because Millie was there telling him not to, that he can't. So Millie... Then you have a little bit of an infer- interesting couple of scenes with Millie. One, her superior officer resigned and can't be found. Yep. The agents that she was talking to, the head of the security board, basically swept it under the rug. At the end of the last episode, her mom died, so she's at the funeral mourning her mom at the cemetery. All by herself, because she by missed herself. the funeral. because she, was- she probably missed the funeral because she was working. And then she goes to offer Travis a deal. And he basically gets all creepy on her and is like, listen, when you and you and your little girlfriend and her blood is on me, I'm going to smile at you as I slit your throat. Uh, as Travis does. Our perfectly perfect psychopath. Our favorite Nazi. <laughs> <sighs> There's some interesting things. And then she's interested. Then Millie's in- visited by a random congresswoman who recruits her to basically join a government funded hunters. Yeah, they're like, we're hunting down these Nazis. Do you know anybody? And like, I'm thinking, I'm like, hmm, I may know a couple people. Just like happenstance, though. And while Biff escapes to Russia. Because of course Biff went to Russia. Man. By the way, the him- name Boris Frodsky. And the guy saying that's his name is still the worst mixed up name I have ever fucking heard. I think it's supposed to be. I think it's But it's a real name. I'm so sorry to any Boris's out there. Like you heard the line. The guy was like, how about, he goes, how about Boris Frodsky? Wait, that's my name. And then he murders right. him. Murders a guy over a name. With his bare fucking hands. And then Jonah gets smart and reads through his grandmother's letter to try to find the wolf. And 
thinks he finds him. Dun, dun, dun. And he goes in, and he meets him, Dr. Man, because of the... And I'm, I'm skipping through some things here. Well, but a lot of a lot of stuff really. It's all like, so convoluted and so connected at this point. There's a lot that happens, and I'm just going through what happens with Jonah. <sighs> well, no, we talked about Millie and everything. I, I mean, like we're making progress, but yeah. There so really it wasn't like, much that happened with Lottie in this episode, really. He he's recovering from a stab wound. It's okay. Like you know, there wasn't much that really happened with the other hunter this episode. No, I mean this was really like the finite of like our main our main characters. So when Jonah actually goes out, so he's taking initiative, right? So he's taking initiative to help and prove to Meyer basically that he can take over the hunters. So he goes, reads all these letters, is the code breaker, is able to figure out that it's man and man associates and or man MD goes and goes and gets his stitches looked at. Um because so, he doesn't want any scarring. Smart cookie. That one. I want to talk about a scene, though, before we get there. Because this happened while he was reading the letters. Struck out to me was Ruth writing about Meyer, right? And his dream. Yeah. We need to make sure we talk about that for a moment. All right. So Meyer, it shows them after they're liberated from the camps. Meyer's broken, former spirit of himself. He's not the same man anymore. He was broken. And they're laying in a cot, and Meyer's having a nightmare, and she he tells Ruth his nightmare, and it's, you know, before he kills Zooks, he says the more Scottish. Because even the those who are monsters are the ones in this world who most deserve the prayer. Sweet. It's a really sweet powerful sweet statement. Yeah, like, like, so it's sure like, you despite your everything. For our world leaders tonight. Oof. <laughs> that's that's a that's a big big thing you said there. And we're gonna move. I don't make it. political statements. But yeah, no. So I, I think though it, it really shows I think the maybe the proper attitude. I don't know if proper is the word I want to use, because it's 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 a it's a tough touchy subject and I know that. Um but it's a very fitting uh, way of looking at things. So, no, we need to, you know, we need to offer them, you know, the word of God more because look what happened. Um, so, and it can mean that in a couple different ways. So I, I kind of get it. So it's so very. Let's it back to Jonah with Mr. Man, Dr. Man, who talks about the stitches in his hand. And how they're they're beautiful stitches. And then he brings Dr. Man to Meyer. He does. And Meyer looks at him and says, it's you. I know it's you. And, you know, the whole time he's being screamed at. Like, the guy's screaming through his, his mask, through his bit. It's you. He keeps saying, it's you. When he's talking about Wilhelm Zooks. And we shortly see Meyer then plunge his knife into his skull. 
Yeah. My neck. Right there. And Shona has a realization. Meyer didn't say the Kaddish. And it breaks it. Like, it was... I, I, give, I give Jonah, the actor that plays Jonah, for how this scene was handled. Because I felt, I felt the confusion and the disappointment and, like, the betrayal and every, every type of emotion that you could feel with a realization of what he just went through and what he just saw and all the connections he made. Mm-hmm. So well done. So well done. Because I felt really all scene. of it. Those were both really good scenes. And it took an actor like Patino to pull that off. And so Jonah's freaking out because he didn't say the cottage. He didn't say the cottage. Like, it was like the one thing, like, you know, and like, obviously, like Ruth had written about it. So it was obviously important. And he starts connecting all the dots. And you realize there's a reason the wolf didn't know about it because the day he disappeared, the Meyer disappeared. It's the same day the wolf escaped. And we learned Meyer's that Meyer dead. is dead. And has been that dead the, 30 years. And the Meyer that we know is, in fact, the wolf. Wilhelm Zooks himself. In the flesh. He killed Meyer and ran with his name, and then it turns out that someone recognized him, so he paid all of his money to have plastic surgery to look like Meyer. Mm-hmm. And that's why man probably got left alone, because man's probably the one that did the handiwork, because he doesn't leave scars. So Jonah kills him. Yep, just shoots him. Shoots him and then plunges a knife into his lungs. Not just any knife. His own knife. Mm -hmm. I mean, that scene was powerful. Yeah, it's it. It had to be a lot. It it has to be a lot. Like like the the, like all like it was jam packed full of all types of emotion and like like even watching it, you know, for the first time because obviously you know we've gone back and we've rewatched a few of these episodes because. There's a lot to unpack with them, you know, even watching it, you know, a second time is like you see, especially knowing what happens, you just Mm -hmm. see that full, you see the full circle, like even in the beginning of the episode, like it, all the dots get connected and you can go back and connect them and you're like, oh shit. (laughs) So let's jump back and talk about, we've gotten through the big bulk of, of the heavy shit there, right? There's our one big twist in the episode. But isn't the title of the episode called Two Big Twists? So I think we're missing one. And we'll get there. However, <laughs> let's talk. go back and talk about our favorite white supremacist where we get to see his parents. Oh, we do. And he's like just playing them. And ask them to oh, get him one of them Jew lawyers. Because apparently they're really good. And his mom's like, okay. And his dad's like apprehensive as shit. And he needs help, mommy. Yeah. Of then course, you know. He's a new lawyer. And he's talking and to him. He's like, I think we can get you out of here with insanity. And he goes, I don't need you to help me get out. I need you to help me stay in. This is an untapped market. Good on Travis for always thinking the business side of things. And he shanks. <laughs> 
the lawyer in the back over the table and then starts screaming, Jews will not replace us. Yeah, he, he sacrificial lambed the Jew lawyer and as a result created a whole new farm, like a whole new army inside of a prison and like almost one fell swoop. It was amazing. Now, it's scary what smart people so, are. So, everybody goes around. So, we flashback from that now. Jonah's dead. Or, Jonah's standing there. Meyer's dead, rather. Yes. Jonah didn't die. Meyer died. And he's kind of telling everybody what's going on, having cut off the snake, telling everybody the truth. Joe leaves real angry, then gets hit by a fucking car and thrown in the back and driven off. He's like, oh shit, where'd he go? <laughs> His apartment's packed off. Mindy's gone living with her kids. So the remaining hunters of Lenny Flashenstein, Lonnie Flash, Sister Harriet, Roxy, and Jonah decide they could use a European vacation. Woo! Hunter's road trip! And then, all throughout the episode, there's been this flash of a kid running through a cornfield. Throwing red balls in the air. He's 99. He's left balloon. Well, we mm-hmm. see that kid. They're running. And Joe's... At the end of the episode, Joe is brought up in front of a beautiful house in Argentina. Yeah. Nice, lush, green and gardens and cornfields and beautiful, like, plantation-style housing. And as he's being brought out of the vehicle by his captors who else but the colonel greets him at the home i wondered how she how she was doing because you know she wasn't in the car with meyer when they fell off that bridge and they have dinner yeah and and like we have enough uh nearly identical aryan boys Sitting at the dinner table around Joe as well, too. Yeah, it's almost a baseball team. Almost. <laughs> Joe is probably brought there to coach their little league. Right. But and out, they, they get dinner ready, and they call. This man comes, coming up with a cane, sits down, and it's Adolf Hitler. I fucking knew it! I told you! We're living in alternate reality. We are. So the colonel is Hitler's wife. Ava Braun. <laughs> Ava Braun. And he's alive. I told you. I called it Thing of Tears. We have it in audio format. You can take that to the bank. Ha <laughs> So it's alternate history. Hitler's alive. And that's the end of Hunters. Yep. That's how it leaves us. But this week, that is not the end of our episode. We're going to do something special because we've officially been on the air for one year and we used to start our and and rather we used to end our episodes a certain way. Miss Nancy, would you like to take it away? Of course, because I found a nice lighthearted article to kind of just wind us all down and make us remember some of the happier things that are going on in the world right now. Um, Not Rona related? Not Rona news. Guys, this is Rona-free news that you're getting right now. Hot off the presses. Um, So you want to know a fun fact or a fun thing that happened this past week? 
What's a fun thing that happened this past week? A pelican escaped from a Scottish zoo thanks to a gust of wind. <laughs> Work smart, not hard. Damn, go bird. Freedom. Yeah, so apparently it was a pelican that they had kept at a zoo, um, and it was in a coop, and as strong gusts of winds were blowing through, um, it was able to fly over the fence. And no. people like had to go and um, you know try to chase them. Took over 30 minutes for them to catch the bird. <laughs> um, apparently it's a she. So on, on the plus side, she wasn't an angry pelican and wasn't like wreaking havoc. She was just more curious now that she could explore her, you know, her newfound f- freedom since no one's out to catch anybody, any pelicans in the act of doing bad things. Right. Just want some fish. To, you know, go sightseeing. At least she could travel. At least she's allowed to fly. Right. Um, <laughs> Jeez. So, yeah. So a pelican got got the taste of freedom. And, our, and I think that kind of brings us to our PSA of the day. Work smart, not hard. Well, then. I think that's a good one to add on top of our normal PSAs, Nancy. Because we've been standing with some PSAs lately, too, still. Yeah. Like, go wash your fucking hands. <laughs> stay out of manly range, damn it. <laughs> All right. Till next week, Thing of Tears. We'll see y'all then.